Mood.tv Welcome back, everybody. I know, I know, you are all... Right now, as our, as the words are coming out of my mouth, you are picking up the needle on the Hot, Wet, and Sassy album that Tom has just released, who is back once again for our, our second half of this episode. So welcome back, Tom Feck of Tobacco and Black Moth Super Rainbow, but you just released Hot, Wet, and Sassy, your new album. Thank you. Thank you. I did. Does it feel good? Do you feel good now? I do. I felt good before too, but I. But I mean, but I mean, but how, do you feel? Is there a bet? Is there? Is it better? Is it? How do you feel? At vis-a-vis before? Uh, well, pre- having to pretend that um, that I'm in the future. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about the pretending. That's correct. Um, you could superlatize because of that. Channel the future. Or you could say it's terrible. I don't. You could. It's your world. <laughs> I think there need to be. There need to be two sound bites. The one where, like, if it was received really badly or if it was received well. Oh, oh, yes. This is deep. So uh, if it was received poorly, that was all by design. <laughs> Wait, let me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Of, of course. Yeah. It's trying to alienate listeners. It's um, like European <laughs> cut shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and if it was received well, then yeah, everything's going great. Do you want to tell ahead of time to fuck off or do we want to like welcome it uh, i'm gonna cut that out i think that's uh, funny though that is funny. <laughs> is that a critic yeah he's he loves tom's last album every time yeah, he loves to not like me well like what i was just going to ask right now and that we could totally edit out but i'm actually just kind of curious tom is like do you are you do you read reviews are you into reviews because i've worked with tons of artists over the years and people have wildly different opinions about this um, yeah, you can leave this in. I, I am interested. I might not read them all, but I'll read some of the more popular ones. Or if someone like tweets one at me and tags me, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. I think they don't necessarily change my trajectory, but you can definitely offend me. Oh, of course. It's totally fine to not like what I do because I don't like a lot of stuff that's out there. Yeah. But it's two things. When they try to put words into my mouth or when they call me lazy, that is so offensive. How do they even, like, how, how would one even do that? Like, I don't, I just don't get it. I can't get how you would call any artist that's releasing stuff lazy. Because I made, the last album I made, Sweatbox Dynasty, there were all these kind of weird cuts, and I was pretty methodical about how I put it together, and a lot of people chalked that up to laziness. You know, they're, they're, I see. they thought the songs were unfinished, they thought I didn't do whatever, I didn't quantize something or whatever, but it was all on purpose. And, like, I don't look at making music as a job, like, it really is... Every, I really do put everything into it, regardless of what anyone thinks. So for a reviewer to, to say that anything I've ever done is lazy, is that's like the most offensive thing you can say to me. That resonates big time with me because I just feel like I know so many artists that break their back just to make stuff. Like we're just trying to make stuff. And I think there's a part of you that goes into that stuff. And so it, it's, it, is, it is like really just unfortunate and sad when somebody levels that sort of argument against you. It just doesn't make sense. Unfortunately for you, Tom, we have a large following of shitty reviewers <laughs> and now they know how to push your buttons. So I might be alienating our shitty reviewer audience, but um, they're going to come at you. Okay, good. I have one more question for you, Tom, that we can also, we're happy to leave in or edit out because we're going in a different direction than we had intended. But because you said that, I'm thinking of it, you were talking about 
how you put kind of your, there's a piece of you, there's something that equals you in your music. And so uh, I always wonder when I talk to artists and creators, like, is there part of the music you create that is a lens that people can put on that like they can see the world as you see the world, if that makes any sense? Like, do you, do you feel like the music you create actually is like the way you perceive the world or is it different? Is it like, is, is your art a separate entity or is it literally how you view the world is like, this is how the world sounds, if that makes any sense. And being that you have two different projects, feel free to talk about them individually or collectively. Also, I'm producer EJ. Thanks for the introduction, Anthony. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We just jumped right in because we I just We're got- We're getting into the meat here. <laughs> yeah, we, it got so interesting so fast. <laughs> and you could tell me to go fuck myself, Tom, if there's no good answer, but I'm just kind of- Curious. It is. It, it's, it's how I hear the world and it's what I want to hear at the time. So like, as my tastes change for what I like to hear, then what I make changes. Yeah. You, I think you, you asked something about uh, trying to see the world through the same lens. Mm-hmm. I think that's almost impossible. But I, but I do feel like if you meet me in person... I think that does make what I put out make more sense. Yes. And I know I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> take everyone aside and hold their hand. So I, sometimes what I do is off-putting and sometimes what I do has a veil. Maybe it's almost too individual in a way because it does turn people off. I think that's really interesting what you just said, knowing you personally. Knowing you, you're a very kind and uh, may I say, from my own perspective, and probably isn't the perspective of everyone, you're a normal guy. And not normal in the sense that you're not extraordinary. You're an extraordinary musician, extraordinary person. But, you know, you, you put one pant leg, you put one European shorts leg on at a time, just like everybody else. A little over 10 years ago, I made an album that Dave Fridman produced. And so I had to go to Dave's house for a week. and. When I met his wife, she was like, there's no way you're that guy. I thought you were going to have like a big curly hair and like bell bottoms. I'm like, man, like you really think that badly of my music. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why I didn't mean it in any way, but a compliment. Tom's a solid guy. He's a great friend and his music is wonderful and visionary and incredible. And that doesn't downplay if you meet him, how you'll see he's also a person. He's not the long hair, bell bottom guy, I guess. <laughs> you know, I'm not always so good at it when I have a microphone in front of me and I'm on like a show like this or whatever. But I think maybe like the way that I use words, it starts to make sense when you're around me. You know what I mean? It's just like in little clues that I might give. But I, but like I said, I can't, I don't want to put everything out there all the time. And I don't, uh, I don't know. I want, I, I, I feel like we give halfway, right? We meet the listener halfway, and then they have to also meet us. So they have to do a little bit of work, too, to get there. Mm. If you know about Tom, what he's into and how he grew up and his references definitely shine in his music. But I think you do always leave it so that the listener can invent their own world within your tunes. That's, that was always something, before I even met you, I was a fan. And like I was able to invent my own worlds and... I, I've been a fan longer than I've known you, and I was always able to feel like I was creating my own worlds, and I was feeling myself in what you were expressing, maybe because of your references, maybe because of your, your tone and or note choices, maybe because of your word choices. But I think you got it, man. You're going to be something someday. You got a real gift. Try, <laughs> try. And this is like a question that I think I would ask any creator is, 
Are your creations more you than you? I guess that's what I would be getting at. Like, is there something in there that's actually never something that you could show to the world of your actual in-person self, but in the music is is you, you? Do you know, does that make any sense? That is a great question, Anthony. That's a great question. Yes. Yeah, completely. I think it's 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 the, um, what's the word? It's the, the, it's like the id or like the subconscious or something. It's like, I've never thought of it that way, but you're right. It is. It's more me than me. I, I mean, I love that. I think that's that's something that I I I think about constantly. And there's like there's always a lot of fear because I write. I mean, I, I write stuff as well. I write for theater, and it's a different ball game, of course. But it's still like there's something that I leave in there that I feel like I can only say there because I feel like when I'm creating art, I'm speaking to myself. Yeah. And whenever I'm talking to other people. I'm talking to other people (laughs) and, and and it's a whole different ball game. And so I always, I'm always curious. I kind of, I think sometimes I rub people the wrong way and I don't mean to, but when I talk about my old stuff and sometimes I'll dismiss it. And that's because, especially with like old black moth stuff, I was a different person. I don't identify with that person anymore. I don't recognize it. I'm not trying to take away from something like dandelion gum, but I'm not that guy anymore. And that's not the kind of music I would listen to. Huh. Come on, Mellotron for days, baby. <laughs> right. You know, even though there aren't many words, yeah, just it's just I just don't identify with with what was happening. But with that same idea, musically and artistically, you created something at that time, right? right? Sure. These different times in our lives, we were feeling certain things and the artistic output dictated our inner soul whatever. And we might want to get away from that, but can't we be proud of those moments? Like, uh, are those still, is that still an artistic thing that you're proud of, even though you don't feel the same way? Or are those two separate things? Because I know, like Anthony's, I'm just a producer. I don't create anything uh, to go back to previous episodes. But if I were a musician, if I had made music, I also feel that way where there's songs that I, just like our question from previously i'm embarrassed about songs that i've written because they inform a time of my life even though i think as songs are still beautiful but i don't want to perform them because i feel like that was who i was at a certain point Ooh, this brings up all kinds of interesting questions like that's the nature of being in bands and have especially if, if you have fame it's really we talked about this last time you were on tom there's like that that question of what you become in the eyes of your listeners uh, versus yourself like you just said that you you don't yes do you right feel like you relate to your older material is that to ignore a part of your past or is that you don't like those sounds anymore i think um i think it's both i think uh i'm still trying to figure this out about myself but like a lot of the time when i make stuff as black moth super rainbow i get over it real fast and it's not the kind of stuff i go back to whereas i feel like stuff i've been making is tobacco it's like very much me and it hasn't, that part of me hasn't changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even like go back 10 years to Maniac Meat a decade ago, I still kind of feel like that guy, but go back 10 years to whatever I was doing as, as Black Moth, I'm not that guy. But what are you tapping into with the different projects? I feel like tobacco is your fun side and I feel like Black Moth is your sentimental introspective side. Do you like one more than the other? Is one more fun than the other? Yeah, I mean, t- tobacco is more fun, but it's all, it's more than that. It's because it started off as just being fun, but it became more than that, and I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Huh? So, Black Moth was your was your youth and your adolescence, and tobacco was the intermission and where you feel like you are now. Yeah, and then, and then I mean, you have something like 
the last Black Moth album, Panic Blooms, that came out of a, you know, I had like a pretty, pretty intense, depressive summer, uh, 2015. And that whole, that record is just about that. You know, I didn't sleep for a month, that kind of shit. And that was a one-time thing. Because the tobacco stuff now, like listen to like the new album that, uh, that just came out. Hot, wet, and sassy, everybody. Like it's still me having fun, but like I'm, I'm also trying to be like, I'm trying to be meticulous about what I'm doing and I'm trying to be, there is like a serious side to it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'll figure it out. But um, Well, uh, I'm going to cut you off, Anthony. Let us figure it out over this break while we listen to one of the tunes from Hot, Wet, and Sassy out now. Check it out. Buy it. Love it. That was a hot, wet, and sassy tune, wasn't it? <laughs> but you already own it because you know better because you bought it. You were pre-sailed it. You got you got that shit. So buy Hot, Wet, and Sassy from Tobacco out now if you didn't, but you should have already. You got it already. I'm feeling sassier. I've put on one of my Iva. I, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, we drank, <laughs> too, we much drank too much wine. We drank too much wine. I put on one of my Izod vests. <laughs> I have the penguin shorts. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, you got the penguin shorts. I got. We're all reverting. I got my backwards leopard print rainbow <laughs> clothes. I probably bought bugle boys that were big enough to fit me now, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you're still a bugle boy at heart. Your heart's in the shape of a bugle. We're all bugle boys at yes. heart. <laughs> all right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, before the the break, we were talking. I how I want to reintroduce this because we, we've uh, we've kind of skewed towards the creative process, which I love. So I'm very happy to be talking about this. But um, another question I have for you, Tom, and and talking about your two different projects would be something like, like, do you feel like I I, I think what's what's nice about it is that maybe you don't have to crack that nut in that way. Perhaps Black Moth Super Rainbow is something that, like, do you feel as though it's so it's more separate from you. So it's almost like theater. It's like this other thing that you can like write to please other people that you know are into it, which is what I do all the time. And that's why I like that. Like there's something about that that's fun for me because you know that Breckboth Super Rainbow does a certain thing and then you can actually approach your creative process as being not so personal, but a release and being like, I can do this other thing that I know there's this group that likes that. Like but maybe that's totally not what crosses your mind at all. I'm just kind of curious. I think there's a little more nuance to it. It's not, it's not that I like write because I can't, I can't write stuff that people will like. All I can really do is curate it that way. So like if I have this pool of stuff, I can kind of be like, okay, well, like maybe someone will like this. Maybe they won't like this. I can throw this out. Or So that, that has been in the past what Black Moth had been. Yeah. The last one, which I don't know. I mean, it may end up being the last Black Moth ever. I don't know. It was more of an experience, like this mental, emotional purging of that really bad summer that I had. Why did you 
choose to do that as a Black Moth Super Rainbow album and not a tobacco album? Were you, did, did you use Black Moth as like a, a shield? I think because it was so, it was so sad. Kind of, I mean, I, to me, it's like a really, I don't know if anyone hears it that way, but to me, it's a really sad, a little bit disturbed kind of album, but it's not something I would even want to do with tobacco because I want to keep, um, I mean, you're right. Like I, like there's no rule to it, but um, it made sense at the time. <laughs> Because there's nothing to me, there's nothing fun about that album, you know. But to me, that's the most wonderful thing. Like my my whole conception of this is, as I feel that you're super lucky as an artist because you have multiple different taps that you can do. Like you've got this one project that feels a certain way, and then maybe you have another project in which you can channel other emotions that they, they might not pertain to this other thing. Like there's something about the the crossroads that you have that actually that seems amazing to me like and really lucky that you have multiple projects in which you can channel different emotions and it was that the case or you just was it a choice or was it like because again we know if we're going to talk about it as the project of the of the, of the metho metho i can't even say methos the methos black moth super rainbow is a band right that's what that's what wikipedia says <laughs> that's what we're led to believe yeah that's what we're led to believe right yeah <laughs> so is that why we went that direction with these feelings so that we didn't have to say it was a tobacco record? Or do we just say that tobacco as a project to separate it from Tom Feck is like the references that, that tobacco is? It's more fun. It's, it's cool. It's charged with a certain energy. Both of those things, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That's, I, so when did you make that choice to like delineate that that music was going to be for Black Moth instead of Tobacco? Did you did you make a definitive choice? Did you did you start writing the songs as one or the other, or did you just start writing the songs? No, there wasn't. There was no choice. It just because this How Wet and Sassy, I started making it at the same time. Hmm. So it's just you just kind of know, like without thinking about it, you just kind of know what goes where. And it's like Panic Blooms is a pretty cohesive thing. Sure, like it could just be one long song. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, it's not always as conscious as uh, even I make it out to be. But I, I just love that this seems extraordinary to me. I like, I love that you have ways to channel different feelings. Like I think that's nice. I feel like a lot of artists don't get that opportunity. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe like the smarter thing would have been to just keep it as one project and just have different. <laughs> kind of albums over time you have a bunch of other projects too where you're channeling different parts of yourself because i think we all wear different masks i don't think that's a weird thing to say we all are different people at different times we have that project that you did with asap rock we have that project that you did with zaki force funk we have demon queen yeah and i think that's awesome and that you're channeling different parts of yourself because we have a zillion different references i think this conversation has been so interesting to talk about the two, we're going to call them halves of yourself about Black Moss, Super Rainbow, and Tobacco, which were two non-intentional, intentional choices that you made to make parts of yourself that aren't the 100% parts of yourself, but are also very 100% parts of yourselves within those moments. I think it's brilliant. As the silent partner, I'm going to go ahead and say this has been extremely interesting. <laughs> uh, that's the Gregor Man, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Gregor Man. Yeah. Hey, I, I was here. I just have been really, really enjoying this conversation. I like the concept of artists being able to do that. Like, I, I, there's something that's really important to me about that kind of freedom. But I think it's because what I do is in the theater world. So I'm always telling a different story. And so every story sounds different. And so I always, I always like it when artists find ways to... Because there's something about being an artist that does one thing that... Like we talked about on the last episode that you were on, Tom, that, that people will start to think about you in a certain way. And 
it doesn't have to affect you, but I think sometimes it's it's hard to avoid expectation. And so I love the idea of different projects because you do away with the expectation problem and you can say, I have different facets of me that I'm revealing to the world. I just love that. Like there's something that I find to be really, really important about that. And I think it's really cool that you found some, an outlet for that. In, in doing that, you create, I think maybe the reason I did tobacco in the first place was to like get out of the box that I felt like I was kind of put into. But then in doing that, like you just get put into more boxes, you know, because the, the, what I'm doing now, it's not like beats or anything. Like what I was doing as tobacco in the beginning, it was supposed to be like whatever I wanted it to be at the time. And so that first, the first record, Fucked Up Friends, it's like some weird beat tape. And then the second album had some of that. And then I lost more of that and more of that. And so now to where we are now, it's not any of that at all. And so people get really upset about that, but it's like, it was supposed to, the whole point of that was supposed to be that there's no box, you know? So you can never, no matter what I do, I'm so deep in now, I could make a new name or whatever. It would still be, you know, someone's going to put it in a box. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, because you have like the the initial thing that people listen because of this thing and then they go to the other thing to listen. It's not Black Moth. It's not early tobacco. It's not mid career tobacco it's this other thing so it sucks so it's like you can't really i, I want i want to exist in a way where i don't exist you know yes exactly the thing that you're talking about right now that you're actually that you're having a problem with i actually feel <laughs> i still feel as though in some ways you may be luckier than other people that are so out there as one thing and so i do i i mean i i definitely I think what you're saying is is totally true in so much as people are probably listening to other things because they listen to this other thing and then they have certain expectations. But I just, I really appreciate that you're trying to to work against that, whereas I feel as so many artists have never done that. Like so many artists have just kind of swallowed the pill of they made one record that became really popular and are forever perpetuating those kinds of sounds. And I just, I love meeting artists and talking to artists that actively are like, I am not one thing. And so if I have to even go so far as to have a totally different name for my project or a different persona or a different feel, like you're willing to do that just to be able to try and break out, which I think like, you know, I hope that everybody that that, that listens to this at least can appreciate that that's a huge struggle in being a performance artist and creating music. And so I just, I love that you are are trying and finding outlets where you're like, I'm going to do something else and I'm going to just follow something that I'm feeling. I don't know. I just really think that's cool. I appreciate that. Not only a struggle, in, but also liberation, because I, I, I 100% agree with Anthony, 100% agree with Tom. Uh What's up, Greg? Oh, hey, guys. But I just want to say, <laughs> but <laughs> people out there, we are, again, we're, as Anthony was going to start this episode in the post-irony uh, conversation, but like, <laughs> as an artist, which we all can be, get out there and do a project, go out and create what you want to be. You can create a thousand different projects. You can be a thousand different people. People want to connect, so just go out and connect because Tom has done it on many different levels on many different projects. I'm not saying he's saying that, but I'm saying that he's done that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think all four of us can say, make stuff, let us relate to it or not relate to it so that we can make more stuff because it's like we all win when everybody's making stuff. Yeah. Here, here. Final thoughts from Jerry Springer over here. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like listen, listening to everything. We got a fanboy in Eric, which I love. I'm a fanboy. Because I know, I know how much you do, you, you know, how much you do appreciate and, and, and love the music that, that Tom makes uh, and, and all aspects of it. And in Anthony, I feel like you have the, almost the opposite side of somebody from the understanding of, of the creation for the sake of creation. Um, just, just based on on your professional attitude. And for me, listening to Tom and, and everything he's saying, it's been very much of, uh, it's, it's in, in many ways, like you said, with the fans where you go 50%, you know, you give 50% because you expect the, the 50% to come from the people listening, you know, you're, you create to create. And I think that's, that's the best thing for what you do. It's, you know, it's, it, you're not, you're not, like you know i feel like anthony almost in some of your questions it's like you're almost trying you're inadvertently almost putting it into more boxes whereas it seems to me just from listening to tom and how you know most of the questions ej asked is is was you know it's both you know it's both things it's how this is it's just you're creating what's there in front of you and yeah, it's awesome. It's just awesome to hear this creative process from someone who has slipped away from the creative process a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's why I have been silent. I've just been really been enjoying the the many aspects of this conversation. And uh, yeah, it's just awesome to hear. You're creating right now, buddy. Can we get three claps from Anthony and Tom for that? Because I think Greg, Greg, <laughs> yeah, I think Greg, uh, Greg put the three of our bullshit into context. Thank you, Greg, man. As you always do. That's what you're here for, to tell me and Anthony that we're talking too much. <laughs> no, but you're, you know. As a matter of fact, you should always wait till the last five minutes to talk. <laughs> Amazing. Right, hey, I'll do that. I'm Jerry Springer here. <laughs> well, this was, uh, it was more left, left field than we were initially talk- talking about, but I think this is great. So, Thanks so much, Tom, for coming on the show. For our 200 and 200.2, we were trying to come up with an awesome Black Moth Super Rainbow type name, but all we came up with was Lamayak Good. <laughs> Lamayak Good. Episode 200. <laughs> well, we should talk about Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> we sh- who This is also, but we should not forget, this is the Bruce Hornsby fan club. We, we usually go at least 100 episodes before mentioning it again, but... Uh, but it is also the Bruce Hornsby fan club. So everybody out there, uh, we're all here for Bruce Hornsby. Also, Tom, please, now that your album's been out for four days-ish, please give us all the stats. Give us everywhere we got to go. If you haven't bought it yet, what the f*** is wrong with you? But also, like, let us know where we got to buy it. You can get it at ghostly.com. I think they have some. You can go to a mom and pop store. It's open. Probably order it for you. Beyond that, don't we want? We're gonna go on Spotify. We want to hear the hot, wet, and sassy, right? Spotify is important now, or some shit. You go on Spotify, or if you have Title, you could go on Title because their royalties are a lot better. Yeah, fuck Spotify, you guys. Yeah, definitely do that then. Also, if you haven't seen YouTube, we got some great music videos from Tom that he made himself. Did you know that Tom is a film guy? I bet you don't because this whole episode was talking about existential music shit, but Tom's a film guy too. Just like Greg man and I'll, I'll say I'm a quarter film guy. I went to I went to school and shit. Tom Tom got uh, forced into being a film guy because of COVID. There's no better way. It was supposed to be made by a real director with real cameras on a real stage. But... I, I think Nest is a real cameraman. Come on. Yeah. I'd also say there's a lot of quote unquote real directors out there. So 
you're you're in probably better company. Yeah, so check out the music videos that Tom has done. Uh, the, I think the Ghostly site has all the new stuff. The Ghostly YouTube. That's what's up. Also check out Tom on Adult Swim Swap Meet because uh, he's been on twice now. Uh, can we say twice? Once now? Can say twice, yeah. Check that shit out because that's amazing. I'm, ba- I'm batting. <laughs> Baddington. And maybe look for, uh, maybe not Baddington, but a, another character in the future on uh, Lamayak, I'm hoping. We can we we can talk. We get the contract drawn up. Hot, wet, and sassy. Go buy that several times. Buy it on tape. <laughs> buy it on cassette. That's the same thing. CD. Is there a mini disc? Is there a mini disc release? We talked about that last time. There is a, the mini disc. Um, it's gone, but there is there was there was a mini disc. Oh wow, man, that's fantastic. Good for you. That's amazing. Did you get a mini disc player? I don't have a mini disc player yet, but I'm gonna oh. buy one. But I have mini. I have your mini disc. Not yet. Okay. All right, everybody, dial in at nine two nine three five two six one seven three. Uh, send us an email and, and you know, we would love to be a mirror for your thoughts, not to like respond to you, but to think about them and then respond to if we choose like a really <laughs> smart mirror uh, at let me ask you a question podcast at gmail.com. You can send us emails or you can get us at Insta or Twitter at Lamayak pod subreddit at Lamayak pod as well. Please hit us up there because like, you know, we're all like Facebook's whack and Instagram owns them. So like, Let's go to the subreddit. That's the cool place to be. Tom's got a subreddit, BMSR. Hit it up there. We're all we're all vocal there. Uh, I'm vocal there, but you're not going to know who I am because I like to keep secrets. Uh, also, Malibu Ken, Demon Queen, Tobacco, Black Moss Super Rainbow. Buy all of it, always. Follow what he's doing on Instagram. Buy all that shit. I mean, I do. I think I also have a really good Instagram, so. You got a you got a good Instagram. It is a good Instagram. It is a good Instagram. Because I, I, I I'm a little proud. We're I'm making gifts for the Instagram. Please look that shit up. Look up BMSR. Look up tobacco. To look tobacco. Look up hot, wet, and sassy. We have gifts that you can look up on the Instagram. Post them on your own shit. Hopefully there'll be a couple more whenever we're doing this. Put that on your posts. It's really cool. I mean I'm I'm proud that I'm the guy that gets to do that. So do that shit. You should do that for Lamayak one day. Nah. You need to put a condom on your foot? I'll, I'll do a gift for us after you put a condom on your foot. All right. Done. <laughs> done. I'm sitting in condoms right now. I got I got both my legs in them. Greg's got no magnums. I just got to repeat that. Greg has no <laughs> magnums. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't have magnums either. Wait, hold on. Let me ask you one more thing before oh we're God. done. This is no, this is going to be very short and has nothing to do with anything. But I, I'm so I'm writing um, right now. I'm writing a show, and in one segment we have this. There's like a sex scene going on in the background. It's supposed to be very stupid, but one of the writers suggested like the phrase "deeper," like the woman says "deeper," right? Now, my, have you ever heard anybody say that? Because, like, if anybody says that to you, how do you respond? Like, what are your options for deeper? You go deeper, Anthony. Can you go deeper? What? what, what do you reserve some for later? <laughs> <laughs> wait, but you. Wait, but what I'm asking is that you reserve some. Like, there is some left over. No, you just try harder. Uh, I, I disagree with Greg, a man, and I do tease. Oh, you put a little in and then go deeper? That's bullshit. You don't. You don't wait for the request. <laughs> but I will say. I put medium in. I'm not going to say a little in, but I, I'll go medium, and then I and then I know when to like you know spoil the crowd. Wait, so you have so much there 
that you can do different settings. No, 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 no. Don't let's not do that. Come on, you know. Come on. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I like to warm up the crowd before I please them. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, hearing deeper would be my worst nightmare because I'm like, I would be like, what? <laughs> and let's throw it to tobacco with a new album come out. How how deep do you go when you fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> how deep do you go? <laughs> Hot wind sassy new album out on ghostly. <laughs> That's funny. That's so stupid. Well, they don't have to answer that. <laughs> That's a funny thought. We'll see you next time with 201. TV. I know when you have diarrhea, but I don't know when you got a new album coming out. Damn. All right. I see how it is. Well, make sure she doesn't see how good your ass looks in those shorts, because then it'll all be over. You just kind of know. <laughs> Am I that good?